We're all dancing to the middle. That's uh, Mark of a Good Man by Bimini Road. And uh, I've played that before on the podcast, but it's been a while. And the reason I uh, thought of playing it today is that uh, I got into a little bit of a uh, dust up on Twitter with Bimini Road. I don't know what the guy's name is, actually, Um, but (laughs) his Twitter handle is Bimini Road. The band is Bimini Road. The, The album is released as Bimini Road. Bimini Road is a... Uh, I believe it's um, ruins that are under the sea near Bimini, which is one of the islands in the Bahamas. And uh, anyway, I we I said something uh, on Twitter uh, about the Al Franken situation, and he responded. He disagreed with me. We got it, it got not I wouldn't say heated, but it got like mm, I. Yeah, I was a little pissed off, I think. Um, and uh, But we very quickly um, came to the point where it's like uh, he's a good guy. And uh, the mark of a good man is somebody who listens to you when you disagree and even if you get a little hostile. And... Uh, and I was listening to that song this morning, and it just struck me how he says, uh, you know, maybe I can dance my way to the middle, which is, I think, what we all need to try to do in these times where it feels like the world is spinning out of control and this centrifugal force is pulling us away from each other. And what we really need to be doing is finding ways to dance our way back toward the middle and, and be closer to each other and and love each other and understand each other even when we don't understand some of the things that each other is saying. Um, I won't get into the whole thing with the, the whole Al Franken situation. I've already ranted about that. But, you know, I feel really badly about that situation because, you know, you have these moments in in history where there are clearly guilty parties there are people doing really nasty shit that's coming to the light the Harvey Weinsteins and the Donald Trumps and um and then in the midst of saying we need to be vigilant against this you have people who are I don't know if they're innocent maybe nobody's innocent I love how in the American criminal justice system, it's not innocent versus guilty. It's guilty versus not guilty. I, I like how that's a recognition of the fact that there really is no innocence, right? We've all we've all done stuff we shouldn't have done, but the question is, did you do this thing, this thing that we're talking about right now that you're being accused of? Are you guilty of that or not? We're not talking about whether you're innocent or not. And in the case of Al Franken, I don't see any indication that he's guilty of anything like the sort of disrespect for women that we're talking about with Roy Moore and Donald Trump and Harvey Weinstein and and so on and so forth. And yet he's the sacrificial lamb. He has to be thrown overboard so that the Democrats can present themselves as having the moral high ground, which is just absurd. There's no fucking moral high ground in politics. It's all very, very low ground. Anyway, that's all I want to say about that. This is a a strange little uh, totally raw, unedited, thrown together yesterday podcast. I was driving down to a house near Dana Point, which is about an hour and a half south of L.A., because my great dear friend Stanley Krippner was celebrating his 85th birthday party. He's got so many friends all over the world. He has three or four birthday parties because everybody wants to get together and meet other people who love Stanley because you never know who you're going to run into at a party celebrating Stanley. He's one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met, for sure. Anyway, uh, I mentioned to my buddy Simon Rex that I was going down, and uh, if he wanted to join me, he was welcome, and Simon was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So uh, we did a little road trip. Uh, very short. 
I hope Simon and I do much longer road trips in the future because he's a wonderful guy, very uh, amusing <laughs> companion to have in the car. As you can imagine, if you follow him on Instagram, if you don't follow him on Instagram, I highly, highly recommend that you join his 300,000 some followers uh, unless you're easily offended or uh, have no appetite for humor that um, ranges from very subtle uh, intellectually uh, sophisticated humor to the goofiest like floppy dicks being thrown at people uh, <laughs> Monty Python-esque kind of humor but if you have an appreciation for humor he's a really interesting funny guy always good for a laugh anyway uh Simon and I did this road trip yesterday and I had my equipment in the car and we were having a great conversation and talking about how cool podcasting is and, you know, how much it's enriched my life and how he listens to lots of podcasts and really enjoys them and it's enriched his life. And I said, oh, I've got the shit in the back seat. Do you want to just do one now? He's like, yeah. So we pulled out this stuff and clipped on the mics and, uh, and we did this podcast. Now, I had the headphones on, and I was hearing a lot of road noise. So I was sort of thinking the whole time, like, yeah, I'm not going to use this. This this sound quality is horrible. But then I plugged it into the computer and listened to it now, and it sounds fine. So, um, yeah. So uh, this is not an official Simon and Chris sit down and do a podcast thing. This is more like, uh, you know, you just overhear a conversation that we were having anyway. Um, which, you know, can be one of the best kinds of podcasts, I think. Because um, I think both of us were thinking, yeah, we're not going to use this. So, so, but whatever, we're just talking. So it's very uh, impromptu. And uh, so you're in the back seat. Hope you enjoy the ride. It's brief. It's only half an hour or something. Uh, and then we went to the party. And actually on the ride back, I thought, oh, we should we should do another one because now Simon's met Stanley and, you know, all these other people who are at the party and it would be interesting to bookend it. But fuck it, I'm probably not going to use the first part anyway, so I won't bother. And and now I regret it because it, it would have been good because uh, actually the road noise is no big deal. So hope you enjoy this. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll do another, uh, I'll release a, a, a normal one on Monday or Tuesday, probably. Looks like, by the way, I just spoke to Casilda. She's just come out of her, uh, what they call a dieta in the tradition, uh, the Shipibo um, tradition is a very restricted diet. Um, you stay alone in a hut uh, by yourself. Uh, um, you're just sort of... Um, uh, meditative, uh, like a, a Vipassana retreat where you don't speak to anyone and, and you're really getting into your, your head and you're using the various plant medicines that they uh, use in their tradition. Anyway, I just um, heard from her. She's back in town. She's very weak and tired and, ti and covered with mosquito bites, but she's happy and strong and feeling great. And it looks like she's going to go to another center on the Amazon and uh, hang out there for a few weeks. And then after the holidays, I'm going to fly down to Peru and spend a few weeks cruising around in Peru. Uh, I'll be recording podcasts down there, of course. And, um, you know, uh, I, I can't stay there long. I've got family responsibilities here that I need to come back for. But uh, a couple of weeks, you know, as long as I can get away. And uh, so I'll be reporting from Peru uh, after the, after the new year. So that's something I'm looking forward to anyway. And, uh, those of you who are getting a little vicarious travel through the podcast, uh, we're going to Peru, but right now we're going to Dana point. You're in the back seat, and, uh, with Simon Rex and me, and, uh, hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope everything's going great for you out there in the world. By the way, it's too late now to get any more of the tangentially reading books in time for Christmas, but, there are plenty of them. I mean, you can, they'll be available forever. It's on a, it's a print on demand situation now. So you place the order and they'll be shipped directly to you. Um, and you can always order those books through my website, tangentiallyspeaking.com. And you'll see the, the ad on the right margin there. And then also, uh, just a reminder, Christmas time, you're buying stuff. If you're buying stuff on Amazon and you're not uh, going through someone else's affiliate link, please use mine. 
It's found money. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And whatever you order um, goes into my uh, ketamine and um, hooker fund. <sighs> yeah. Now, I, you know, hookers, I, I don't know if I told you that um, an escort contacted me a couple of years ago and she wanted to sponsor the podcast. Uh, a high-end escort and she listens to the podcast and um, wanted to talk about doing a sponsorship deal <laughs> and it was I mean I was so honored you know but I was not doing ads anymore at that point and uh, although I thought that would be an interesting exception to make but in the end I decided not to do it because of the legal implications you know who knows what kind of weirdness uh, that could attract from federal authorities but anyway, the point is that when you use my Amazon affiliate link, it does not support the podcast because Amazon is not in any way affiliated with the podcast. And yet, that money still goes into my coffers and supports my other activities, some of which are certainly illicit. So thank you for that. I appreciate your support through Amazon, through Patreon, uh, anyway. Uh, by the way, Patreon... Uh, uh, just change their policies, making you pay the fees for each transaction rather than me. I've been paying them. They've been coming out of the money that's come toward me. It doesn't matter if you're giving more than a dollar a month, um, then it doesn't really matter. It's just it's 35 cents or something. But if you're only giving a bunch of people are only giving a dollar a month and suddenly it becomes a dollar 35. So I just wanted to warn you about that. If 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 it's a stretch for you to be sending a dollar a month, don't worry about it. I would just cancel it and don't, you know, don't sweat it. But if you got five, ten bucks a month that you're sending my way, then the Patreon changes won't really affect you much. So thank you for all your support and uh, hope you enjoy this ride with Simon Rex and yours truly. The song I'm going to play you out with is another tune from that KLF chill out uh, record. Uh, I think they call it the chill out tape because back in the day, that's what it was. Uh, it's called A Melody from a Past Life Keeps Pulling Me Back. It's haunting and beautiful. Catch you soon. All right. All right, we good? We're good. I'm, uh, I'm driving down the 405. <clears throat> Heading to Dana Point for Stanley Krivner's 85th birthday party. He has uh, three birthday parties. Is that how it works? Yeah, he has one in uh, Berkeley uh -huh. and New York and this one in uh, San Diego. Might, there might be some other ones. It's sort of a worldwide phenomenon. It's like a fucking eclipse or something, you know? Yeah, I'm excited to meet him. I've, uh, you turned me on to him and uh, he just seems like this mysterious Yoda guru, shaman. I just want to see if he's real. I started showing a couple of my buddies last night. So I went on YouTube and showed yeah, them like, uh, some of his videos. Uh, and uh, I thought they were going to be, you know, I'll put on something else. And he just had, he was just sitting there talking. About 15 minutes later, I'm like, you guys, we could switch this up. And I thought, no, 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 I like this. I like this. So he's got, he, I think people, uh, people dig him more than maybe he knows that not always the most intellectual uh these are a couple of my stoner buddies that I would never think would be interested in this stuff, you know, right. and they were digging them. Yeah. By the way, I'm with Simon Rex. That's the voice. You're yeah. Hearing. That's yeah. not my, uh, that's not my other voice. Oh, and that was a truck. Is this your first time driving? Have you done the mobile driving or have you been the passenger? Or is this? Um, no, uh, actually the other time I, I did a, a podcast in the car was with Stanley. Oh, cool. And uh, we were driving on the five from San Francisco down to LA, uh, where he was going to appear on Rogan's podcast. Was that one of your first ones? Is that an old one? Yeah, that was pretty like old. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're on the 405. You know why they call it the 405? Why? Because no matter where you go, it takes you four or five hours to get there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. As we're in traffic right now. Yeah, we hit the traffic. Yeah, yeah, Stanley. So Stanley's really interesting because he's like a nexus. He connects all these different worlds. Right. I just, well, I'd like to. I've done that. I'm, I've been a nexus for you in a certain. Oh yeah. Smaller scale. Yeah. Bringing to you for know sure. the uh, 
the Judes and the and the uh, Chris D'Elias and the Charlotte McKinney's to the your universe. So that's true. Uh, You've brought a lot of really cool people so that's into the, my world. Is that the dictionary definition of nexus? Some uh, centerpiece or what is it? Nexus. Something yeah, cool, I think a nexus is, is where things cross. Got it. Which isn't pretty cool to have an X right in the middle of the word. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Stanley is. Uh, the guy, I, I, before we turned on the mics, I was, uh, the recorder, I was talking about how I just did a re, uh, podcast with uh, Michael Shermer, who's the skeptic, and he's a, you know, very prominent voice in the, the world of skeptics. Right. And you know what I mean by skeptic? Like, people well, who, like... Like the actual meaning of the word, people that, like, uh, question these... Well, they tend to be atheists, right. militant atheists, they're, like, Not know, agnostic, but atheists. Right. And right. they're not in, you know, like, spiritual healing... Right. Telepathy and, you know, all this kind of, uh, uh, you know, what they would call mumbo-jumbo nonsense. So it's specific know. to that world of the spirit world and is it is it fall under anything that's not in the physical that could right. possibly be... They tend to be materialists. So it's right, like if you can't right. measure it, it doesn't right. exist. It's so more of a Western way of so thinking. Yeah, we're, we're going by like a racetrack yeah. here where people oh, are out oh, there yeah. driving around in Porsches. Oh, that's cool. I guess that, that yeah, looks like a place where you can go rent yep. a car and just drive crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so um, the the amazing Randy is a very prominent oh, yeah. Uh, skeptic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, well, it's interesting because part of my brain is I I have I think most people do most people probably have that in their you know at least I believe half of what you see and nothing of what you hear type right. of person. Right. Right. Uh, and there's so much bullshit out there in everything in life that especially I could see how people in the the world of, you know, new age healing. Like, my, for instance, my dad, for a living, he's in my dad. My folks are hippies from the Bay Area. And my dad is uh, a new age healer. And right. I was around my whole life watching my dad do... You know, rebirthing and uh, breath work, and which I guess breath work is a lot more in the physical, but there's so much more that goes with it. With um, I could see how you could be a skeptic to so much of that shit out there. Yeah. But like anything, there is some truth to some stuff, yeah. and when you find it, you latch onto it. Right. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, that's I, I get it. So so the skeptic, what's his name again? Michael Shermer. Right. So he, anyway, the point is, uh, as far as Stanley being an excess, is Michael Shermer, we were talking about Stanley, and he said, you know, Stanley is the guy that everyone respects. Right. The skeptics respect him. Okay. The psychics respect him. Right. You know, the, the hard-ass scientists respect him. Everybody in the whole, you know, in all these opposing okay. Got it. worlds, he's the one guy okay. who they all say, well, Stanley's for real. Okay. You know, Stanley's... Not wow. full of shit from any of these perspectives. I'm excited to meet him. This is exciting. Thank you for inviting me. I, uh, oh yeah, no, he'll he'll be happy to meet you too. Yeah, he's, you know, he's 85 years old, but he's timeless. He, he, he has the body of an 84 year old. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, yeah, he's ageless. He's he's amazing. He loves he loves hanging out with young people and. You know, he just really thrives on it. The, the dude just, I told you, he just flew to China and spent three weeks in China by himself. I, you know? I mean, at 85. He's, he's incredible. Um, I mean, he's just always cruising. And I can't, I'm, I, I am also excited to see the type of people that would be at his 85th birthday. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. The 80th birthday that uh, I went to, I went actually I went to two for his 80th birthday I went to the one in Berkeley and the one okay I think at the same house we're going to today okay. um, at the one in Berkeley Daniel Ellsberg was there I don't know I won't pretend to know who that is who's Daniel good Ellsberg? good on you uh, Daniel Ellsberg is famous for having um, released the Pentagon Papers oh, okay that, that basically ended the Vietnam War oh no shit he was uh, an analyst at Rand Corporation and uh -huh. he released he was like the you know um, the Watergate stuff or no, no that, this that was, was before was, Watergate okay. this, this is uh, this, this all this information about how the government was saying they're winning the war and you know all these things they're doing all this bombing is effective and all this he released all this all these studies that showed that it wasn't effective and that we weren't winning the war and it was just a fucking shit show 
and um, it was all top secret stuff. It, who, Edward Snowden. He, okay, he's, he was like was the Edward say, Snowden like yeah. of the, that period. And uh, yeah, he was willing to go to prison for the rest of his life, and luckily he never had to. But he's a you know major figure in American history. And anyway, cool, he, he was there at the party, and he said, "What if he'll be here?" Uh, I don't think so. He just actually he just released a new book uh, called "The Doomsday Machine." Okay, because he was one of the things he did at the Rand Corporation was planning for nuclear war. Wow, you know, and, and like the uh, Rand Corporation, R A N D, is that an yeah. acronym? Is that a company name? What is it? It's, it's a corporation okay. that does you know billions of dollars in government contracting Got and, it. and research. And, you know, it's like, got it. If you're some sort of super genius, you go and work for the Rand Corporation. Okay, got it. So that yeah, so I'll be working for them. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that'll be your next job. Yeah, if you're in Mensa, you get in, right? Yeah, you and Dirt Nasty <laughs> exactly will yeah. show up at the Rand yeah. Corporation headquarters. Oh man, <laughs> that's some real shit, man. I you know sometimes I was I, you look at this a nice car, yeah, really nice car. You know, I'm I, I'm, st- I'm so fascinated with like looking at uh, you know whenever I come across like World War II in color or Vietnam, it, it blows my mind how recent that was. First of all, yeah. I mean, as a kid, I remember uh, you know I'm 43 years old. I remember there would be Vietnam veterans that were friends of my in San Francisco. They'd be coming home from the war. Uh, the amount it's so like what in in deserts what, what's the long the 12 year war we just had is it, no, it wasn't desert Afghanistan storm. Afghanistan yeah. what was the accumulative American death toll like 8,000 yeah, something, something like that, like that yeah. when you look at the numbers of Vietnam or World War Two, it's staggering how yeah. many Americans weren't coming home uh, back then and how 50,000 is roughly the is American. that what it was Fatalities in Vietnam, and, and, the, and it was a ten-year war. How long was Vietnam? But eight, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, like you know, it started in the early '60s, but it really didn't heat up right. till the mid '60s. You know, '65, '66, and then I think '72, three. It was. And then the Korean War, which Mash was based off of, right. was much shorter. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and none of these were declared wars. Right. They right. weren't. You know, they were By not whom? officially. Well, by Congress, right? You know, supposedly Congress has to declare, has the power to declare war, and the president can't do shit without the uh, permission of Congress. But they've just ignored that by saying, "Well, it's not a war; it's a, you know, military engagement, or it's a, you know, an action, or so." They just change the words and like just go around the fucking constitution. Are we in a cold war right now? Is that safe to say? A war a cold war is a war of words, correct? That's the definition well, of Well, it's a war. it's a war that doesn't involve uh, direct shooting between the two people involved. So the cold war like in um, it was a right with USSR was USSR, was but and we weren't shooting at Russians, right. but but we were like giving guns to the South Vietnamese and the Russians were right, giving guns right, to right. the North Vietnamese. Right, right. And so it's a, it's like we're getting other people to shoot at each other. Right, right. And we have blood on our hands, but it's not. Doing yeah. That. So it's and also the economic stuff and the spying. And right. So it's everything short of actually shooting at the other country. You know, the soldiers of the other country is considered. Cold well, the war. Soviet Union fell in ninety-two, three. When did the Soviet? It was no longer the USSR. It became. So that was after the Cold War, and that was the early nineties. Well, that that would have been the end of the right. The end of the Cold War. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're in a tepid war right now. <laughs> Lukewarm war. Lukewarm war. Uh, Who was Luke? I don't know, but Who he was, was a warm Luke? dude. He was a warm dude. He was dude. a warm dude. Well, kind of yeah. warm. Yeah. Not real Well, maybe warm. his urine was, you know, yeah. tepid. Exactly. Luke, you pissed in the bed again. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last <laughs> time you pissed in the bed? What time is it? <laughs> no, uh, it's been a while. I, I it's Saturday. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I had a wet dream recently. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, how the fuck? I, that blew my mind. It, it was the best ever, too. So you it was the you best orgasm in your dream. Was that no? The- it wasn't. But I had an orgasm in my dream. And it blew my mind to think that my brain can yeah. create a scenario while I'm sleeping that would actually make that physical yeah. reaction happen is right. fucking maybe when you're 15 but 43 years old I have an yeah. active libido I, I couldn't yeah. help but think that's a good thing 
it's not well, a bad thing, it's right? It's kind of like uh, we were talking about earlier with hypnosis. Right. You know, it's incredible the power of the brain. Unreal. Like, if your mind can make you come just That's from saying. putting pictures like, and, and what the the fuck? illusions in your brain, like, what... There was no rubbing of anything yeah, going on. It was right. that was that unbelievable. What is reality? Right. It's so confusing. I I wrote this chapter in a, a textbook years ago for Spanish uh, medical schools. The woman who was editing it asked Casilda and me to write a chapter about uh, about pain. Um, and I I opened it by talking about a dream. And it's uh-huh. like imagine you're in this dream and. Uh, you're walking across green grass, like a golf course or something, and you feel the, the fresh grass uh-huh. between your toes and feeling all that. it now. And you're, you're and then uh, you know, fucking snake bites you, right? Ah, right. You in your dream, you might be so shocked by that that you you'll jump, right? You physically jump. You might it might wake you up. Uh huh. Um, you you. Your heart rate will go up. Right. You'll release adrenaline into your bloodstream. Right. All so these physiological things actually happen. happen. So it's happening to you. Right. right. But there's no snake, obviously. Right. 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 But so, your body's reacting the same. Exactly. On every level. And so my except point, for having the poison. Right. And so my point was, I mean, you could have a heart attack yeah. from, from the stress, right? Right. So my point was, when doctors are dealing with patients who are reporting pain. But the doctor can't find the physiological right. trigger for it. Right. You you can't say the pain's not real. Right. If the person's feeling it, it's real. Yeah. You know, because yeah. in the case of pain, the perception of it creates the reality of it. You know, you know are you familiar? With, I think his name is Robert Anton Wilson. Yeah, he's an old friend of Stanley. Is that right? Well, his whole thing on reality tunnels and about, uh, only, I think his quote is, only the madman truly knows, like, what's real, what's not, what's, uh, you know, our consciousness. consciousness. Um, uh, he's, that dude's an interesting guy. Um, he's still alive? Robert I don't Anthony know. Wilson. Yeah, he talks about a lot of that stuff right there that uh, I find super interesting because I remember I had a girlfriend, <laughs> I had a girlfriend once wake up and said that I cheated on her in her dream and she was mad at me all day long. Like, it, she really had the emotional response right. and, and and insecurity and anger. And she was, tr- it was hilarious. Like, throughout the day, she'd be giving me the cold shoulder. I'm like, are you still upset about your fucking dream? Wait, was that the night you had your wet dream? No, that, I, that would have been, <laughs> then I cheated on her, I guess. I dreamt I was fucking your mother. <laughs> Oh That's my hilarious. God. <laughs> no, yeah, the wet dream was these two robots, which is interesting. It was like these two Asian robots that were working in perfect synchronicity <laughs> with robots. Yeah, they were. That's not racist, is it? <laughs> um, and they were and I'm um, they were you know, almost like this old like a like a an old toy from the 30s hilarious. where you, you crank the uh, you crank the wheel and the two like people move up and down at the same time, you know. It's like yeah. a little kids toy, but it was these um, beautiful Asian robot women that were working amazing in tandem. It's very bizarre. So were they... They were both giving me oral sex at the same time, but perfectly, like, one head like, up, one head down. Like and it was just, and they were... Yeah, fuck, man. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Asian, I never thought about robots having, like, racial characteristics. I, I know. I, I It's amazing what your brain can come up with. Um... Anyway, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was my reality tunnel that night. Yeah, I haven't had a wet dream since I learned to jerk off. That's what I'm saying. Most people don't have them into their 30s and 40s, I don't think. This is, I'm a very, very rare species. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe I'll, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll know him well enough to mention this to uh, Stanley today, but I'd love to, him to interpret that one. Oh, you should. Uh, he'd, he'd love to. Hey, nice to meet you. So two uh, Asian robots suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what. I mean, actually, it would be really fun to do that uh-huh. because you would see how utterly unflustered he is. <laughs> he just would. Just, he would just be, well, <laughs> that's an interesting dream. Oh, this is so you know? cool, man. This yeah. is so cool. That's a, he would not miss a beat, I guarantee it. I don't get starstruck too much, but some, meeting someone like him is really awesome. Um, 
<laughs> I, I was trying to do a little more homework on him before he left. Like, I watched a couple videos. Uh, you know, it's, I feel like, man, he should be having millions of plays on his YouTube stuff. I mean, this guy is the king. Um, maybe he's not quite resonating with the youth of YouTube, <laughs> you know? I don't think too many 16-year-old kids are giving too much of a shit about this in, yeah, in Texas. He, he needs to be vaping and have, right, like, right. dancers. Well, doing Rogan was good, but that was an old one, wasn't it? Because I could tell. I watched some of it last night, yes. and it looks like the old set, and it's yeah. probably years old. Like four years, maybe, right. three years. It's amazing how like much in the last couple of years Rogan's uh, numbers have skyrocketed. He just moved to a new set. I'm, I'm going uh, Monday. Oh, you're doing the shrimp parade. Yeah, that's right. Dude, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, you three together. You guys, you can tell you guys are having a good time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be. It's it's a funny thing, you know, like having these relationships with people that in LA that basically, I mean, in the case with Rogan, ninety percent of the time we spend together is doing podcasts. right, right, right. Yeah, that is interesting. It's he, like it's a real friendship, right. but it's very public. Well, that's what's so interesting about the podcast is it's such a great, like, you're used to your whole life, let's say you're a fan of an actor and they're doing The Tonight Show, you just get this real contrived, false four-minute promotional thing right. of their movie. You really don't get too deep into who these people are. And right. You don't get to find out. So uh, I'm learning more about people that I admire or want to learn about through podcasts than anything else. Even friends of mine, like I watched my buddy Theo Vaughn, he's a big comedian, he did Rogan's podcast recently. This is my friend, and they're talking about stuff. I'm learning about my friend yeah. on the podcast. I think you really get into it, too, when you spend a, at least an hour right. talking. Right. You, you get past the bullshit. Yeah, and it's funny. It's one of the few places in life where you turn off your phone. Yeah. There are no interruptions. Right. Oh, yeah. hang on a second. Check my Yeah, time. yeah. It's like a, it's a, an oasis. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it's gotten to the point, you know, I live alone and um, I just moved to Venice and most of my friends are back in the Hollywood area. So I really only have a couple of friends uh, in my area that I live in. And in L.A., you got to drive fucking 45 minutes each way to go yeah. back into town. Yeah. So I ended up kind of, I kind of just end up hanging out with your podcast, Rogan's podcast. I got a, a Bill Burr's, he gives me a laugh. And I end up finding myself just hanging out with these people that aren't there. It's like my invisible friends. Yeah. But I feel like I, it's a great source, we were just talking about, of, uh, of learning. It's a great source of learning. It's like, um, you know, nowadays people don't seem to have the time to read as much and everything's so crazy. And to throw on a podcast or an audio book, for me, is, uh, it's great. I love it. So you've known that you're talking about fame and, and like getting to know people and all that. You've known a lot of like seriously famous people some yeah, of them yeah. before they, got, they right. became famous but yeah and uh, I mean you've told me stories about hanging out with Kevin Hart you guys did a movie together yep. and you know yep. now he's he's yeah. kind of like gotten quiet since his whole weird yeah what like, happened did he get a cheating thing well, he got something? a black he got blackmailed uh, by some woman he slept with and uh, instead of paying her off he came out publicly and right. just said, said I messed you up. Know, I'm not gonna and then he's just sort of Yeah, I'm sure his publicist and his team said lay low for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know, in this business it's it, first of all, show business is a fucking lottery. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talent, but it's a lot of who you know, right place, right time. So yeah. in your you know, my twenty year career of working in film and television, you know, you'll work with somebody on a TV show or a thing here and there and they have a small role as a guest star and then five years later they're Kevin Hart, you know. Right, right. Um so yeah, I've I've gotten to work with so many people uh, over the years that have just had amazing success, and it's really cool to watch. You know, it's uh, you know, you and Neil were talking about this. Um, he was like saying something. Neil Brennan, uh, you know, writer of the Chappelle Show, you had on, who was saying, "It's okay to be number 17." Right. You know, when right. you're surrounded by these people that are the best, yeah, and you have this natural instinct to want to be the best at what you do, but People always say to me, like, oh, man, you know, people that you work with, like, Kevin Hart, they're so big now. Do you feel like you should be? And if anything, I'm happy for those people. Everyone's got their turn. Maybe some people have more success than others. But I, I like to look at it like this. Like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the NFL. 
So I'm on the field. I might not be the guy that's starting in the game, who's getting interviewed after the game, who has a you know a, a, you know they're selling his jersey in the stadium. But just being on the field and in the NFL is is enough, and I'm happy because I'm in the game, you know. And part of me doesn't even want that level. I've seen some of you know I won't even say names of some people how it's affected them. Yeah, fame is a fucked up. Well, thing. that's what I was gonna say. Following your metaphor, like you're also less likely to get injured. Right, right, you know, true. If you're that's not, absolutely if true. all the attention isn't on you. Oh, and what's going on right now in Hollywood? Oh, people are just it's, yeah. it's a witch hunt. You, I mean, it's a scary time right now to be in a have that much attention to be under the spotlight that much. It's a, definitely a weird time. You ever met Kevin Spacey? No, but I have a good story. That my, I actually did meet him once in my butt. This is right after Usual Suspects came out. And uh, we're at a bar in LA and my buddy goes, Kaiser Sose, oh, you know, gets a, like, uh, get a drink with him. And then we end up going to this other bar and Kevin Spacey says to my friend, hey, why don't you just ride with me? And we didn't know at the time that he was a known you know, creepy uh, guy that might try to make a move on you. So my buddy jumps in his car and I meet, meet at the next bar. My friend looks like he saw a ghost. And I go, what's wrong, dude? He goes, Kaiser Sose just touched my cock. <laughs> he said he reached over to the glove box and he did the graze, like the backhand graze on the way back. And my buddy's in a little Porsche with him. Like uh, he said, it was just like, oh, oh, now I get it. You're hitting. Uh, That's why you wanted me to come with you. To the, uh, and he he gave him a graze. He gave him the cow graze. Yeah. And and uh, so that's that. When I heard about all this, I'm like, oh yeah, he's been doing that shit forever. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard about it years ago as well. The lid is off, man. People are going. Down. I mean, it's so directly close to home for me. Like my, my ex-manager, just yeah. he's done. Um, actors that I work with and know. Uh, and the fucked up thing is, like, you know, obviously, most of these stories coming out, it's it's not false. But there's a. Um, the spectrum it goes from you know saying hey baby you want you want to fuck to you know raping a woman right but if you're in that spectrum at all it's not good yeah and uh man people are going down so yeah it is a scary time to be like an a-list celebrity because someone could just make some shit up about you who knows and there's no erasing that once your name is you know what i mean the story of that one is the story not later oh he was found innocent of that right, that's not what right. they want to talk about yeah oh man it's uh I try to understand what it is, and I feel like it's these men in a position of power and money who never really knew how to, they never had any game. Right. I don't think they knew how to treat women or talk to women, and they probably had a life of resenting the fact that the women didn't like them. So then all of a sudden, it's like a volcano eruption of the this, you know, uh, anger and... and Entitlement. Entitlement. And, and, well, don't and, you think a lot of these guys are driven to success because of uh, their lack of success with women? Absolutely. You know? And that's probably what made them so successful. Right. You know? So they so they do feel entitled because it's right. like, I spent my whole fucking life, you know, making all this money, fighting my way to the top of this studio, so you would pay attention to me. Yeah. And now you're saying no? Yeah. You know? Come on. Like, I, I did yeah. what I was supposed to do. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying it's right. I'm certainly not saying it's right. No, but of course not. I, I do feel some sympathy for everybody on every side of this. Yeah, it's ugly. And, oh, man, it's just from, you know, again, Harvey Weinstein was my boss. I mean, this is the guy that chose me to do Scary Movie 3, 4, and 5. I bought a fucking house. Mm. This guy was, you know... You know, somebody that he'd walk in the room and he was a very intimidating, scary guy just by the way he was as a straight man, I was in awe and fear of him. I can only imagine what it'd be like to be a woman that needed something from him and all the, the power that he holds over is just fucking, it, it's so heavy. And, and it, this has been going on forever, right? And men with power yeah. from this, as you could go down the line in history, this has been happening. Yeah. Um, now, it's the, the the lid is off, and I don't think this. Is, let's be realistic, man. Is this really just happening in Hollywood? Yeah, I mean, well, fuck. And Washington. And, yeah. Oh, you don't think this Although is happening? Although the fucking Al Franken thing bums me out. Though. Yeah, that's. I mean, dude, he got screwed. He got screwed. And I mean, did you read this thing? There's this thing. I saw that, some of it. It's, I can't even keep up oh, with it. Man, but, it but the last one was a woman who wrote an article in the Atlantic. This freelance, this journalist 
who wrote this thing, and the headline was, I believe uh, Franken's accusers because he groped me too. And, oh, yeah, and he grabbed her waist. Well, she asked for a photo. He put his arm around and put his hand on her ra- waist, and she says he, you squeezed you made me. more than twice. Oh, man. I mean, what the fuck? I know. What the Come fuck? on. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's, and she's just looking for attention, get her fucking name. And he was one of the few, I don't know, like, I'm not educated on politics and I won't pretend to be, but he just seemed like one of, like, I read between the lines and you could just tell a human being by their vibe. Yeah. And, their, yeah. and he was just one of the better ones. Like, you know, he was... He had a, a sense of humor. And and now he's done. Yeah. And at least he fucking owned it. At least he came out and said, okay, I fucked up. Even if he really, you know, look at all these other people that are just... No, no, didn't like. like but I don't fuck. know if he should have owned it. That's uh, maybe the thing. not. Maybe because not. because he didn't he didn't admit guilt. Right. What he said was, you know, I I remember these things differently, but these women need to be taken seriously. And you know, he he wants to be on the right side of history, and I agree with him. Right. I got into a little Twitter dispute with Martina Navratilova the other day. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know she followed tell, me. Please do tell. Um, Chelsea Handler, so Martina retweeted something that Chelsea Handler had tweeted about. I'm sorry, I smoked a lot of weed. She's a tennis player? Martina was, yeah. She was a great tennis player. Uh, Hold on, I got to get off. Exit 73 South. Okay, all right, we're good. Um, Yeah, she was a great tennis player, and she was one of the first openly gay female athletes. Um, she's she's fantastic. I love her. But anyway, Chelsea Handler tweeted something about like being a feminist means supporting women or you know whatever. And I I responded because I saw Chelsea Handler on Bill Maher a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. and she said something that really annoyed me that I've heard other women say, which was, "I believe the women because I'm a woman." Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm a white, straight man. Does that mean I believe white, straight men? Prima facie, you know? Like, All right. And, like, and so I wrote back and I said, well, being a feminist doesn't mean you believe women um, uh, immediately. Right. It means you take them seriously. And that's a different right, thing. Right, right. And Martina wrote back and said that I had my logic all confused. And, you know, then I responded like, you know, hey, I respect you. But, right. you know, there's a difference between taking people seriously and necessarily, you know, I think what I said to her was being born a woman doesn't mean you're incapable of lying right. or, mis- or right, misremembering. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like things, we're that, talking about things that, that happened 40 years ago. Who the fuck knows? It's not gender specific to being a fucking psychopath or an asshole or, a, you know. Yeah. Um, also, 40 years ago, I mean, I don't know if you watch a lot of old movies, but there's a lot of fucking forcible kissing going on. Oh, yeah. That was considered like typical romantic behavior right right. you know come here baby i'm gonna give you a kiss you know and if she doesn't want it she might slap you and say how dare you and walk away but it wasn't wasn't humphrey bogart's famous line suck it again sam or was it played against that's right right samantha (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) play with it again Samantha. Uh, yeah those days are over man it's 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 to the point where I open up my phone, and I don't know when this will air, but basically right now we're in the beginning of December, and for the last month or two... Well, it'll air been... right away if the if the sound quality's okay. not so shitty okay, that we good. just trash it. Well, because this is... I mean, every day I open my phone to look at the news. Who's it going to be today? Who's it going to be today that I probably know? Yeah. And fuck, from my bosses to my peers to my old manager, it, it, it's... It's unbelievable. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio is definitely in a, in a treacherous position. Oh, man. Because he's already famous for, like, his womanizing. And, well, see, that's you know. the thing. He's already a guy that I think was getting chicks since he, you know, I don't see him. Yeah, he's being, not forcing yeah, anybody. Yeah, dude. It's, like, and and they're, these guys are just fucking it up for everybody else. Like, dude. What the fuck? Russell Simmons had to step down? Now, I've seen Russell Simmons around at my, like, I've seen him at, like, a yoga class. And I see him, like, hit on girls at yoga. And I'm like, okay, that's fair game. Right. Uh, But supposedly, I, you know, what I've heard over the years about him and all these other people that are in my world. uh, 
man, now that it, now that the lid's off and it's being confirmed, it's like, holy shit. Uh, every day it's someone else. Every day. I, I, well, if they're doing creepy bullshit, then they should, they should, you know, face the consequences. Well, like, what, is Harvey Weinstein, they said he's getting treatment in Arizona right now or something? That's bullshit. That's bullshit. There's no treatment. I'm getting grazier. Yeah, yeah, go for it. No, no, I don't have the... I have one of those... uh, Fuck, I forgot it. It's in the van. Oh, for a speeding? Yeah, no, it's for... It pays the tolls automatically. Oh, yeah, yeah, the toll... Yeah, yeah. The, I forget what it's called. Yeah, the fast pass. Thing, fast pass. Right? Yeah. Let's yeah, you'll just get a ticket for ten bucks or something or five bucks. Well, what they do is they say if you pay it online within like right. three days, then it's three dollars. Right, but right. of course, you always forget. Right. And then it's like twenty bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's it's funny. It's like shoplifting and you know carjacking are being placed in the right. same category. I mean, it's kind. Of, it's affecting everything. Like I'm a, I, I, I'm not afraid to approach or look at a woman, but it makes it you definitely are a little more apprehensive about uh, things right now because the climate is so fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, glad I have a girlfriend. Have you been? Have you been scammed by women? Like somebody pretending um, she's pregnant or uh, as a matter of fact I have really as a matter of fact I have um, so I've never told this story so it's time to tell it so years ago over oh, this was so long ago this was before this was like two I, it's funny how my brain works I can remember what year it was by what cell phone I had and I had this little <laughs> LG flip top phone so it must have been about 2003 something like that um and uh, uh, this funny. girl calls me up crying and says that she's pregnant and that it's me and that uh, I need to pay for the abortion. And your first instinct when that happens is, yes, yes, okay, uh, I'm happy to pay. Are you yeah. like, she was crying. She could have won an Academy Award for this. She got me so good that I, I, I wired her money, like 300 bucks or whatever it was, just to make it go away. And then, so how long had you been seeing her? Uh, it was like a, it was like a one night stand. Oh. Okay. Then I realized after I sent the money, I go, motherfucker, I used a rubber. Okay, whatever. Either way, let's just get this over with. It's worth the three hundred bucks to not have to worry about it. Right. My buddy calls me up a week later. He goes, you're not gonna believe this. This chick sitting here at this dinner with a bunch of people on drunk, saying she got Simon Rex for three hundred bucks and lied and said she was pregnant. So she got me. I was like, okay, well done. You, you scammed me. You and got she's me. she's telling the she's story. She's bragging about it. And my friend calls me. I tell myself, okay, well played. She got me. But if I see her out, I'm, I'm going to pour a drink on her or something. Like, I don't know what else I could do. I don't put my hands on her. I'm not going to. Right. So I see, I see her out at this party in L.A. And she sees me see her. And she just goes blank because she knows that I caught her and she's busted. Oh, she knows that she knows that I know yet because Uh, then at this point everyone's like, oh, she got some. She got uh, a couple other guys too. uh, And I just went to the bar and I ordered. I said, give me the most sugary, sticky drink you got. It was like a blue, (laughs) like a blue uh, hypnotic or some weird drink. (laughs) It's a funny thing to ask a bartender. Yeah, totally. totally. What what leaves a real bad sting? Yeah, Yeah. and dude, I went up to her and her friend goes no don't I go move out of the way I'm pouring a drink on her like that's what she deserves right um and I just went up and I poured the drink on her and I got kicked out of the place by security and I'm just like you know what are you doing you asshole I'm like you guys don't know the context something led up to this this I didn't just pour a drink on this girl like that was me being nice you know I could have easily and then it got even worse she started dating my friend and I had to tell him, look, dude, this girl's crazy. She faked pregnancy with me, was crying, and got money from me. And he stayed dating her. Oh, no. I, and, and I was in a weird position where I had to tell him. Um, but then maybe I just should have kept my mouth shut. I don't know. He, like he, she was obviously lying to him, going, no, he's making that up. Uh, oh, very man. weird situation. Anyway, so yes, that has happened to me. Are they still together? No, no. Uh, they're not together any longer, but... Um, it affected my friendship with him. And sure. it, it's like, the, you know, I forget who says this, but there's like a saying like, oh, I saw my friend's wife walking down the street and some dude had her hand on her ass. You know what I told her husband? Nothing. 
because he knew if he got in the middle of it, it's probably going to backfire more than it would help the situation. I thought I was doing the right thing by telling my buddy. Well, but that's I, more than a dude's hand on her yeah, ass. I, that's yeah, like that's evil shit. Straight up. Yeah. So, yes, that has happened to me. Hopefully, that will be the extent of anything ever. I go to bed at night knowing I've been a good person and haven't been a fucking pig like that. But that was that was just evil. That's what I'm saying. Like women, in a, like that was a woman being a piece of shit and taking advantage of me. Right. You know. Uh, so yeah, it happens. It happens. Shit happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, if it came down to it, I'd rather have my fate in the hands of a woman than a man. Right. I think. I think women. I mean. I don't know. There are, there are a lot of stand-up dudes around, but not when it comes to sex. I think even even cool guys can start to play play the angles when it Wait, comes what do you to mean? Okay, uh, but it, 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 what do you mean in, by sex? Well, I mean, like guys who would never lie to their friends. Right. Uh, about? Some, some About anything. Right. But some of them think it's cool to lie to women to get him into bed. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I see what you're saying now. To I mean, manipulate the situation to get a woman into yeah, bed. Yeah. I mean, shit, isn't... That's just the constant game out there, isn't it? Like, uh... Yeah. But, I mean, I... Without I, mean, I don't know. Maybe just because my experience with, you know, has been with women. But, I, I mean, I've been with a lot of women who, when, you know, when it came right down to it, they were, like, really decent. Right. And, and they could have fucked with me. They right. could have tried to hurt me. Right. They had every reason right. to. Right. And they just didn't. You know, like right. we were right. talking about, uh, you know, a woman you were seeing recently and you called her and said you were seeing someone else. Right. And, right. and how she was just like, oh, I'm happy for you. Man. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. there aren't a lot of dudes who react that right. way in True. that situation. There, True. There's like a level of maturity and decency, I think, yeah. that's kind of more yeah, frequent absolutely. with women. Yeah. A lot of guys don't ever mature or develop past, you know, high school in the ways they think. And I don't know, is that, is that an American thing, do you think, more than other parts of the world? It seems like a very immature frat bro, like, yeah, yeah. fuck you, bro. Like, like to, to still think that way as an adult, uh, it, it exists out there a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, it's hard to say. There's definitely an American version of it. Um, but, you know, I think about Italian men, for example, uh-huh. eh, they, you know, a lot of them never stop being mommy's boys. Right, right. You know. That's the whole culture because they stay at home longer. And, yeah. Right? And, and, you know, lots of cultures have this sort of Madonna whore thing where, you know, your mother is this sort of asexual, angelic woman and that's what you're looking for. But then, you know, women you fuck are like dirty, disgusting could we talk about this? The Madonna yeah. whore complex is always fascinating to me. That's a is that a Freudian term? Is that uh, who came up with the Madonna? Whore I think complex? it probably is Freud. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's basically. Uh, let me see if I'm right about the Madonna whore complex. The Madonna whore complex is that you see your daughter, mother, sister as the Madonna and other women uh, as a whore, and separating the two could obvi- obviously be. Uh, like you have a girlfriend for a while and at first the sex is amazing and you're treating her like a whore and then it comes to a point where you want to protect her and have her be a family member and you don't want her to be a sexual object because you have feelings for her so is that the Madonna whore complex is yeah. when you cross that line into then having the woman that you love become your daughter, sister, mother yeah something like that yeah yeah it's okay. like there, there are two kinds of women in the world right they're, they're, you know the good ones right. uh, like your mother your sister whatever right and the bitches you like to fuck. Right. And right. you can't ever trust the bitches who like to fuck because they're just, you know, dirty whores. Right. And, but the problem, as you say, comes in where it's like, oh, you want to have really good sex with someone, then you start to fall in love, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, right. I know she likes to fuck. Right. So now I have to convince myself she doesn't. Right. Or I can't have a relationship with her because, you know, I, I know this side of her. Right. And that's why a lot of, you know, women have learned uh, don't show a guy that you like to have sex because then he'll lose respect for you. Because huh. those kinds of guys can't integrate the idea right. that, you know, a woman can be a decent, fantastic person and, and also se- like and to a- have sex. Right. Because if she likes to have sex with you, then she probably likes to have sex with other dudes too, you yeah. know, unless you think you have the magic dick. Right, right. I know you do, but, <laughs> right, right. but you know. 
Yeah, that's super interesting. I feel like I've found myself having been in that position before where after a while when, let's just be honest, like there comes a point where the sex life suffers after time and uh, they become like, which is a good thing. I mean, they become like your best friend and a partner. And yeah. uh, I guess you just got to find ways to spice it up. And uh, that's on you as the man to, you know, or at least to communicate with her and yeah. keep it moving because that's almost inevitable. I mean, how many couples do you see miserable? Like, you're never stuck. Oh, you'll see it at dinner. You'll go on. There'll just be a couple sitting there, and they don't say a fucking word to each other. Yeah. I always say to myself, I will never be that. I never want to be in that right there. That that doesn't look like fun. I, they're probably not having a great sex life either. Yeah. You know? It's funny. We're driving. I'm just following the GPS, but we're driving. I did a podcast in one of those houses oh, no right way. up there. Who, which, with who? Uh, it was one of the early ones. It was Nika Noel. Uh, she was um, a, f a porn actor uh -huh. and um, producer, director. It's funny. Just like where, just where are we right now, anyway? Uh, well, Laguna Niguel. No, we're uh, near San Diego. No, we're not. Like we're Dana Point. Halfway. Oh, about halfway yeah. to San Diego. Yeah. So, so we should stop if we see um, like a store stop and buy some bottle of wine or something. Yeah, maybe right in here. I see a dentist. Maybe I get our teeth cleaned. Real is this? Quick? Yeah, this is a fascinating Montessori. podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're uh, sure. there's a wine bar. Um, 